When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to what I think is going to be an amazing episode of Training Unleashed. Before we get started, I want to thank my sponsors, C-Suite TV and C-Suite Radio. Without them, I don't have a show and, of course, the audience. Today, I've got a great, great guest, and we're going to be talking about talent, and this is a hot topic, so I know you're all going to want to listen. My guest today is Danielle Mulvey. She is the founder of the All In Company, and let me start off and, and ask the dumbest question possible. Why do people matter in a company? Oh my gosh, people matter in a company because you can't do it alone. And so it takes a team of amazing five-star employees to really elevate the team and move it forward and help it grow and prosper in so many ways. Well, you know, as I said, it was a dumb question because everything you read tells you that great companies are based on the people you have. And perhaps one of the biggest problems that we have in this world is that people tend to underinvest in people. They they don't hire the right people. They don't motivate the right people. They don't train them. And what I liked when I was thinking about you as a guest is it's not just about hiring the right people. It's what you do after you hire them, right? That, you know, how do you motivate them and how do you inspire them? And you have this term five star. Tell us more about what a five star employee is and the keys this is a big open-ended question for you. Yeah. Well, a five-star employee represents the top 15% of available talent in the market. So that means that one out of seven candidates is a potential five-star employee. Um, then you've got one-star, two-star, three-star employees. And, you know, they're kind of average ho-hum employees. And just because someone's a three-star employee as a bookkeeper doesn't mean that they're labeled a three-star person forever. If I was a bookkeeper in your company, I would be a three-star. I might be a two-star bookkeeper um, because it's just not my thing. It, I can do it, but it's not my passion. And so a five-star employee is really that, that ideal candidate for the role who has the drive, the passion, maybe experience, maybe not, but the aptitudes to 
be successful in the role and deliver on the key responsibilities that you need for the role and the measure of success you put to those key responsibilities. So one in seven, I like that. Do you have the ability as an employer, do you have to hire the one in seven? Or can you ship somebody that's three star and four star and motivate them to be five star? Well, I can tell you one thing, money does not motivate. So a lot of people um, think, oh, if we give them a raise, we pay them $10,000 more, they'll all of a sudden do the, what we've been wanting them to do or take on this extra work. And, and money really doesn't motivate people. Um, what motivates people is when they find success in what they're doing. And again, they have a passion for what they're doing. And so it's so important that in your recruitment and hiring process that, you know, you're objectively evaluating, um, you know, kind of a plug for the five-star employee system, but you need an, an objective system to evaluate talent, um, whether it's a, a new hire or an existing employee and understand, you know, what do you need out of this person? And, you know, what are the aptitudes? Um, do they share your core values? I think that is probably one of the biggest misses of why, um, you know, you, you might not have a five-star employee in your organization is because they honestly don't share the same core values as, as you and your organization. And we're talking true core values, not the, you know, aspirational core values that, that most businesses have, but, but the true core values of, of the owner or the founders of the company. So what I'm hearing you say is you need to be objective in hiring. And I know that a lot of people are at fault because they hire emotionally and yeah. they aren't objective. So what advice could you give to people to be more objective? What tools and things like that for someone to, um, actually evaluate people uh, fairly and without the emotional attachment. Yeah, um, you know, you've got to really spend a lot of time with the candidate. And, you know, one reason why we're called the all in company is is we believe that if you go all in on your employees as the leader, the owner, the manager, then when you go all in and and model that behavior then your employees will go all in on you and so when it comes to recruiting and hiring we're saying you need to go all in on it and you know most people i i got hired my first job out of college i got hired um and it was an interview with american airlines and i was hired within five minutes i mean i think the guy asked me like three questions but the second question was um you know, where did you go to college? And I said, Vanderbilt University. And he asked me one more question and I was hired. I mean, I like, I flew to Dallas and I was in there for five minutes and they're like, you're hired. I, I mean, it was just like, they, they kind of missed on that because I was not really um, flight attendant material. I was just doing it as a gap year job. But, but well, it's really important a, that you spend time with your candidates. I'm sorry. Just a comment. My father always said to me, the longer you take in the hiring process, the longer the person stays. The shorter you spend in the hiring process, the shorter the time the person stays. Um, and I've always taken that to heart that if you if you go really quickly, you know, either it's not necessarily going to be as good a match, they're not going to take the job. When someone feels like they had to work really hard to get the job, 
they value the job they value the job even more exactly um, yes i also heard you say that you need to have a good values match so i know how not to know like uh you know one of our company's values is good is communication uh is that one of yours i mean i know that doesn't work um how do you how do you discern whether or not someone shares similar values yeah, so it's really important that you're very upfront about what the values are of your organization. But what's important about the values is that you define what you mean by that value. Um, and so just saying communication is a value, well, well, what does that mean? You know, do you want me to call you? Do you want me to call you and text you? Do you want me to call you, text you and email you? So it's really important in your values that you have clarifying statements, exactly what, what, what you mean by the, the three to five true core values that you have. And when you have those, then you are posting them um, in the job posting. So, you know, we're wanting to attract five-star candidates and we're ideally wanting to repel one, two, and three-star candidates. So please do not have an easy to apply button because that is a beacon for one, two, and three-star candidates um, when they can easy apply. Uh, you, you want to give as much information as possible uh, and, and include those core values there. We recommend having a dedicated recruitment website that you can send people to where you can share a lot of detail about the job, but you're also reiterating the core values. So, you know, if someone, again, it's about attraction. It's, 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 it, it, if, if they have those same core values, they're gonna wanna work for you. Just like you said, you know, people wanna be wanted. And, and when you take them through, you know, a, an in-depth recruitment process, and you're really like courting them and you're giving time for both of you to figure out, is this a true match? Like, you know, if they keep going with you, it's because they, th those values are matching and they want to work in an organization. Because deep down, people want to work in an organization where, where there's a match in values. Because we've all had experiences that, you know, wasn't quite the right match. And, and it wasn't quite the right match, whether it was a romantic relationship or a business relationship, because we, because those core values were not necessarily aligned. So if I was going to summarize, plant the flag, tell people what you're expecting up front, tell them in, in, in detail so that they know what the company is looking for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And, and by the way, you, you've the got record, to be really upfront. For the record, our company does have values and we do have written descriptions of what each of those values actually mean. I am not surprised because you have it totally dialed in. And you know what's funny is um, there was an article actually in the New York Post recently um, about um, a, an Amazon driver whose post went viral. I think it was TikTok. Um, and it was it was like the things he wished he would have known in the hiring process that he didn't find out until after he became um, a delivery driver. And what's interesting, it's like, well, do you think Amazon's going to change their practices based off of this? Um, and so it's so unfortunate when when people feel like they've been hired for something, but it's been a bait and switch. It, it's not what it was meant to be. And so by spending really quality time with the candidate during the recruitment process and going deep with them, we recommend having a shadow day, um, having that person. Even you can do a shadow day with a remote 
candidate, um, you know, where they're spending time, they're sitting in on a team meeting, they're sitting in on a client meeting, um, they're doing a brainstorming session, you're giving them an assignment like you would in a normal day, setting the expectations. And we do pay um, candidates for their time during a shadow day. But then a really another key aspect is um, it doesn't matter if they can say it, it only matters if they do it. So we do lots of testing in our process. We have multiple points um, depending upon the role where we're giving assignments um, to the candidate and testing them, um, you know, on their skills and their abilities, but also like, you know, how quickly do they turn it around? How quickly do they work? Yeah, I, I think testing is one of the best objective things that you can do. Um, you, you have to sometimes take some testing with some level of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, um, common sense. Yeah. So that, you know, if something seems like out of sorts from what you've experienced to dig deeper to just validate. Uh, Absolutely. But yeah, I'm, I'm a huge believer in, in, in testing and because I, I find that candidates want to say what they think you want to hear. Exactly. Uh, now, I do think it's a little different right now because economy is so good that candidates can be more picky and not and less desperate, which I think is actually a, a good thing. But let's let's now go. We've hired the person with the potential of being the five star person. How do we motivate them? How do we um, how do we get the best out of them now that they're with us? So I think the best way to get results out of every employee is to implement daily huddles in your business. And, um, you know, that is where the team gathers and you can break it down. Usually I wouldn't have more than 10 or 12 people in a daily huddle. So you could have a daily huddle amongst three, four, up to 10 or 12 people. Um, so it might just be on a team basis. And, you know, you might be involved in a couple of daily huddles if you're involved in, in, in cross teams and such. But the daily huddle starts with a celebration. It starts pretty early in the day. Um, and, you know, by starting your daily huddle with the celebration, it just brings everyone into the right state. So it's important that, you know, we're all on the same page and we're all in like a good positive state when we start the day. Um, and then after the celebration, uh, we just go around, here are the three things I did yesterday, here are the three things I'm gonna do today. And, um, you know, that sense of accountability uh, really starts to ingrain that we're results oriented in um, in what we do and how we do it and and we do what we say we're going to do uh, because we're going to report it tomorrow as well and so for a new hire we bring them into the daily huddle we talk about this I mean usually they experience it in their shadow day but we give them about a week or so to just kind of observe the daily huddle and kind of get a sense of the rhythm before we start putting them um, you know with their own turn at the board but that to me is is sort of the way to make them feel like they know what's going on because they're getting kind of like a touch point um, and a daily check-in from everyone that's on their team. So I love this idea. And to be candid, you're the first person who's ever suggested it. And uh, so I, I give you kudos for uh, innovation and, and, and sharing this with listeners. Can you give us a little bit of idea how long are the huddles and what a typical agenda would be? Yeah, so um, so the daily huddle actually is uh, something I learned from Vern Harnish. Um, I did a program with him at MIT 
20 years ago and uh, I've, I've implemented it, I've done it since then and there's some key keys to it. And the, the first thing is, is it has to be short and you know how you make it short? You make everyone stand up for the meeting. So even yeah, yeah. if it's a remote meeting, everyone is standing up because uh, you know, people just, when you're standing up, you talk quicker, you talk faster, you get through it, you're done. Um, when people sit, it just sort of like then becomes just a lounging opportunity and people talk a little bit longer. So, uh, so the, so the key is, is to have everyone stand, um, and, uh, and, and, you know, you're only looking for the top three things, um, and, and you're moving it along quickly. And so there needs to be a consistent facilitator who, you know, can kind of just keep the energy going of it. And, um, you know, if someone is, is kind of has a problem and such, and it can't be solved quickly, then you can say, okay, let's table that. And why don't you two pick it up after the daily huddle? So you want to keep it moving and you just need someone to kind of be the daily huddle police, I guess. Um, about just keeping it moving but um it should be you know even if you have 10 or 12 people it is like eight nine ten minutes max so super quick lightning yeah yeah okay that's, and we make uh... it fun too we um it's an opportunity to you know celebrate and appreciate people based off the core values in our daily huddles, um, whether it's a remote daily huddle in one of our companies or it's an in-person daily huddle, like our core values are, you know, visible um, in the room where we're doing the daily huddle or, or remotely. And we're, uh, you know, thanking people and we give shout outs. So you can also give a shout out to someone. And if you get a shout out, you get a tick mark um, because someone is scribing and writing down the three things for every day and keeping track of it. But at the, on Friday, whoever has the most um, uh, shout outs for the week gets to spin a prize wheel for a fabulous prize. A fabulous prize. Fabulous prize. <laughs> well, I think that that, that, that is a, a great way to add fun. And I think fun yeah. in the workplace is incredibly important. And I think a lot of companies don't spend time on fun. So it's uh, <laughs> only 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I've got, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to figure out how to bring this into our culture. Cause I, I do, I do very much like the idea. Need to improve your business results. Tornal's rapid curriculum design workshop might be just what you need. We partner with your business experts to identify knowledge gaps, determine training needs, and design a curriculum to help you achieve your business goals. We engage directly with the employees who have the most information to provide. The outcome of our rapid curriculum design workshop, a detailed blueprint with curriculum goals and strategies on how to implement the curriculum. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about reviews and reviewing okay. talent because mm -hmm. I know you know a lot about this. So yeah. you want to share your wisdom. Yeah. So, um, you know, when you're recruiting, it's important that, um, you know, you're going to have your formal job description and you're going to have everything that you need to have from a legal and compliance standpoint. Um, but as part of that job description, you're going to want to call out three to five key responsibilities. And with those three to five key responsibilities, you're going to want to quantify what success looks like 
for that key responsibility. And when we say quantify, you're going to want to put a number to it. You're going to want to put a dollar figure to it. So um, you just can't say must be effective at closing new sales. Well, what does that mean? You know, I mean, effective means that I close one a month or effective means I close 10 a week. Um, and, and your definition of effective at closing sales might even be different. So, you know, if you're recruiting for a sales manager or a salesperson, then what you need to do is you need to say, must close 10 accounts a week, must close 10 accounts a month. You, you need to quantify it. And so with those key responsibilities, you know, it's very clear, it's very obvious, here's what success looks like. And they're either meeting it or they're not meeting it or they're exceeding it and you know ideally if the person's in the right role they're going to be meeting expectations all right if they are exceeding expectations they're in the wrong role or they need to have those expectations lifted because someone doing their job well is meeting expectations they might have something that's below expectations and that's something to work on and that's something that you need to coach and you need to do extra training on, but it should only be like maybe one or two things and it shouldn't be so far off that meeting expectations. And then there might be one or two items where they're exceeding expectations, but um, that's basis of the review is having those metrics, having that success defined and then, um, and then doing your review based off of that. So my husband and I, we have several businesses. Um, we have a construction material supply business. We have a business that processes long-term care claims. Um, we do over $50 million in annual revenue across all of our businesses. And so we've got different expectations for each business, but in the claims processing business, you know, we're measuring those employees on um, how many claims they're processing a day and, um, what their financial accuracy is on those claims and what their procedural accuracy is on those claims. And um, they are getting a report every month of, um, of those metrics, um, but you know they can track it too, to a certain degree. And, but those expectations, they are in the job posting. Um, you know, so we are upfront from the very beginning about what success looks like in the role. And it means that you're hitting 98% financial accuracy, 95% procedural accuracy, and you're processing 43 claims a day. No surprise. So I'm hearing a theme. And the theme I'm hearing is that you want accountability with real numbers and not emotion. So that when you're talking to somebody, you know, I'll use the term KPI, and the fact, you know, Vern Harnish indicates to me uh, that you are a numbers person because and for people <laughs> listening that don't Guilty. know, he's a really brilliant person. And he, I think, wrote the Rockefeller Files and then he wrote uh, yeah. Scale to Scale Up. Scaling Up. And mm -hmm. uh, really the father EOS and all that stuff. And, you know, br a brilliant guy. Uh, I don't personally know him. I know of him. I've heard him speak. So, but, you know, taking the emotion out and looking at facts so that when you're reviewing somebody, you're not, it's not my opinion, this is what's happening. And, you know, it's either, you know, working or not working. And if it's not working, let's talk about it. If it's working, let's celebrate it. I mean, this, this, is, this is what I'm hearing from you. So, yeah, it's just, it's being objective, being very objective versus subjective. So I'm sure you've heard of a term generational 
generations in the workplace and how every generation is a little different. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about Gen Z. Now, okay. a person who's in Gen Z, just for the reference of our audience, is somebody that's probably 22, 23 and younger. And they are mm -hmm. entering the marketplace and they're very different. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'll ask you a more general question is, you know, how do you view the different generations, in particular Gen Z, and what adjustments do you make, if any, based on generations? Yeah, so um, actually for our claims processing um, business, we are almost exclusively recruiting recent college graduates with an actuarial science or a math degree um, because uh, they come out of college, they don't know what to do right out of college. Um, if they are going on that actuarial track, they are gonna spend a year or two, maybe three, um, passing those actuarial exams. So this is like a good job until they you know, get that actuarial exams passed um, and uh, so you know they definitely um, one thing that they're looking for is is a little bit more freedom um, so we have incentives for them and uh, you know we're looking for a minimum of 42 claims per day processed if they process 60 claims and they do it in six hours they can clock out at six hours and we pay them for an eight-hour day so um so you know having that carrot of you could have more time if you you know exceed the claims processing average for the day um then then we give that to them so that's that's been very very popular um so you're gamifying you're gamifying yeah yeah yes. numbers girl i am just love numbers in any way i can and because that's what i do i i like to gamify you know everything i do um and then the other thing that we're that we do is we're very clear on the opportunities for advancement um and you know what's interesting is um about about 60 percent of our employees you know definitely come in wanting and, and you know chomping at the bit you know after a year they're eligible um for promoting and, and going into other areas um, but the the remaining 40 percent I mean we have employees who have celebrated five years of being a claims examiner and they started with us straight out of college and you know they thought they wanted to be an actuary but um, you know it just kind of what ended up not being in the cards for them um, but they're enjoying claims processing they're enjoying getting you know getting paid for 40 hours a week and and actually only working 28 to 32 hours a week because um, they're really good at what they do. Hmm. So it's Very not cool. a one size fits all. It's it's kind of just looking at, you know, I think if you, you you're, it's either 60, 40, it's 80, 20, it's a third, a third, a third, but um, you know, kind of trying to offer multiple things because it's not gonna be one thing that makes everyone happy. I think there's no no smarter words ever said. There's no one thing oh, that you. makes everybody happy. Everyone is unique. Um, but I, I, I really uh, think it's clever to think about the work as a game and you can your bonuses, you get time off. I mean, I think that's brilliant. And it really works with Gen Z because Gen Z likes games. They like numbers. They like, you know, the KPIs. They Because it's basically a game and they're trying to win the game and you're giving them a path and a form of measurement because a game without measurement to them is frustrating. Um, 
Yeah. So, you know, when I'm listening to you this entire time, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is perfect for the younger generations. Perfect. So I got a, an interesting question. First off, I, I, I always love people that live it and consult, coach, and teach it. Because a lot of people coach, consult, but don't live it, right? Or have never lived it. Yeah. And so, you know, you sit back and say, well, why would I listen to this person who doesn't have it in real life? You and your husband have a $50 million in annual volume between multiple businesses. Why are you doing the all-in company? Well, um, it's because I'm an entrepreneur at heart and I just can't help myself. Um, but, you know, I actually only spend about 10 hours a week overseeing the operations of these businesses because I got five-star employees who do the job. I come in, I lead the daily huddles, you know, across the different companies and I look at reports and I look at numbers and, you know, it's, it takes me 10 hours a week. Um, and so I have this, this extra free time and, you know, I was very fortunate to be part of Vern's program years ago at MIT and, um, you know, it's my turn to pay it forward and I, you know, know what it's like to be an entrepreneur and, and to, to entrepreneurs need cheerleaders. Entrepreneurs need someone to kind of like push them, um, maybe push them outside their comfort zone. And I'm really good at that. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it just, it doesn't take much and I've, I've kind of had some ahas in, in my career and, you know, I used to think, oh my gosh, like, okay, if I'm going to do that, I, I need six hours, like a, a, a big chunk of time to do it and, and just knock it out. But you know what? That six hours never comes. Like no one, no one gets six hours of, of a chunk of free time to work on something. Um, so I found little tricks and things along the way and um, accountability is so helpful in, in producing results. And so, you know, kind of taking that accountability from the daily huddle, how can, how can, how can I do that and help my friends and fellow entrepreneurs with that? So, you know, uh, the the all-in company is is just kind of being what's been missing in the marketplace um, for people. And what's really been missing is how to recruit higher five-star employees. I mean, you know, everyone is just kind of ad hocing it and and hasn't really put much effort into creating a process or a system or being very strategic about it. I mean, let's be honest, if you go online and look for a job for a bookkeeper, you're going to see a hundred jobs available for a bookkeeper and they're all gonna sound the same. Um, and, and it's because everyone is just copying and pasting everyone else's job postings and just repurposing it and not putting much thought into it. Um, just kind of bringing people on board and saying, here, go and do it and not being specific about what success looks like in the role and, and not going all in on the employee and not putting a little effort and time into teeing that person up for success. Very, very well said. And, you know, I admire and respect the fact that you're able to run businesses in 10 hours a week because it says you really empower people. You're not micromanaging. You're setting up businesses, you're creating expectations. And that's how people, you know, are effective doing many things. And able, and able and able to enjoy life so uh, it's I what employees it. want you know employees yeah. don't want to be micromanaged employees want 
to have flexibility. They want to, you know, be able to pick up the ball and run with it. Yeah. And they want to know they're trusted and they don't have to go ask question after question after question, which drives me crazy when people keep asking me questions. I'm like, I, I, my job isn't to answer these questions. Your job is to answer these questions. So uh, you're a very fascinating person. I have no doubt that people listening are curious about the all-in company and what you do and who are your customers and who are the people you serve. So, you know, share with us, let us know. What is, what well, is the all-in company? So, so the all-in company is um, a, a group that we pull together of entrepreneurs and we start by teaching um, entrepreneurs and actually larger businesses with an HR department um, and teaching hiring managers so there's some consistency across the organization um, on how to recruit, hire, and retain five-star employees. And it starts with, we do offer an accelerator program um, a few times a year. And um, it's a one-week program where we teach you the five-star employee rating system. And what's cool about it is when you go through the five-star employee rating system, you're actually going through it and using it to assess your existing employees or talent. Um, so you're proving it to yourself. And then, um, and then by using it there, you can then use it going forward to um, use it to assess potential candidates that would be new hires to your organization. Um, and then we offer deeper dives um, and sort of masterminding and collaboration groups on recruitment, onboarding and retention strategies. But, um, you know, it's just a community for big nerds who like numbers and, <laughs> and want to talk about recruiting and hiring and, you know, leveling up their, their talent. Well, that sounds really cool. So can you just tell us a little bit more about your type of client, what size businesses? Are you working with Fortune 500? Are you working with smaller businesses? You know, who are your ideal clients? Yeah, so um, our ideal client, honestly, is um, a business with 10 or more employees and a million dollars or more in real revenue. Because what's interesting about this stage is that um, they have employees who maybe were with them when they started, when they were doing $200,000 a year, $300,000 a year. But now that they're doing a million plus, you know, it requires maybe a different level of expertise. Maybe it's time to really change things up in order to profitably scale the business. And so oftentimes someone who might've been a five-star employee at those early stages um, starts to like, become a one, two or three star employee or heaven forbid a toxic employee who feels a sense of entitlement that, um, you know, you're bringing in new people who have more experience and who are wanting to change things when they just want it kept the old way. So um, that's our ideal client because we can really help them in terms of transforming their mindset and transforming, you know, their strategies and processes around recruiting, hiring, and retaining five-star employees. And then, as I mentioned, we work with larger organizations as well who, you know, I mean, oftentimes someone who's ascended to a manager role um, just becomes a manager overnight and then is expected to hire people. So what are they doing? They're Googling like interview questions. They're, you know, just kind of ad hocing um, the process and such because a lot of organizations, honestly, you know, they've got the, the training down from an onboarding perspective and such, but, um, but, but many organizations don't have much training around, um, around recruiting and interviewing people. So we help fill in that gap there. Cool. Very, very cool. So I know you have an offer. Of course, I got your one tip coming up. 
but uh, why don't you take a moment and tell everybody about your free offer and how they can get it. Well, um, so what we have is um, the daily huddle hacks. So um, if you go to fivestaremployees.com forward slash tortle, and that's all in lowercase tortle, uh, then so we will have. Knows, everyone knows T O R T A L. Think of portal, but with a T for training. Training. Yeah. Portal. Um, so if you go to fivestaremployees.com forward slash tortal, um, we will have uh, the download on the daily huddle hacks for you. So uh, if you want to implement the daily huddles in your organization, um, we've got the tips, tricks, and secrets on how to make those effective. Well, that is a fantastic giveaway, especially given that this is really kind of a new concept. So getting the tips and things like that to make them more effective is, is super. So we're down to my favorite part of the show, which is if you had one tip to share with the audience, what would that one tip be? Uh, it would be to, to change up your job posting right away. So we talked a little bit about it, but here's some elements that you should change right away in your job posting. Um, number one, include your core values with the clarifying statements because we're wanting to attract people who share your same core values and maybe repel the people who don't necessarily share your true core values. Uh, and then with that job posting, you're also going to want to um, spice up that title, the, the job posting title. Don't just say part-time bookkeeper or full-time bookkeeper. You know, um, say that it's a, you know, a, a bookkeeper with a passion for small business and the heart of a teacher. Nice. If you're, you know, that's going to attract, you know, you know, the top 15% of available talent in the market, the people who really do want to work and help small businesses. We were specific. Um, most job titles just are not very specific and don't even communicate any of this, the qualities that you're looking for. And again, this is differentiating you from all the other bookkeeper, 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 bookkeeper postings out there. Um, and uh, so then you also, we talked about having those three to five key responsibilities. And so with those three to five key responsibilities, you want to have what success looks like for those responsibilities by quantifying them with a number or a dollar figure. Uh, so it's very clear, this is what's expected when you have this key responsibility and this is what success looks like. So um, that's uh, improving your job posts. That's the one tip, but three parts. So it sounds like we got bonus bonus tips in there. So uh, Danielle, you've been great guest. I wanna thank the listeners and because without you, I don't have a show. And of course, I want to thank my sponsors, C-Suite TV and C-Suite Radio. Uh, everyone have a fantastic day. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net, T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.